everyone. Welcome to Get Better at Business. I'm Travis Richards. You and I are going to spend the next 20-ish to 30-ish minutes learning some really powerful lessons from super smart people that can help us improve our companies, improve our teams, improve our careers. Today, we have part two with my good friend, Dr. Chris Taylor. Uh, Dr. Taylor is an author. He is a podcast host. He is also a pilot. I found that out in the last episode. I had known that once upon a time, but I had forgotten that he knows how to fly planes. In the previous episode, we talked a little bit about Taylor Counseling Group and the business model that Chris is running and just kind of how he had the courage to chart his own course and, and take this leap to set up a business that a lot of people told him like, hey, this doesn't really make sense. But developing this courage to follow his own path. So that's really good stuff. We'll, if you haven't listened to part one, please do that. And we'll have links to that in the show notes. But now we're going to get into what I think is a much more impactful, much more powerful topic about improving your business, your career, your team, whatever. And that's just the subject of mental health. This is something that Chris is super passionate about and uh, has just kind of made it his life's work to uh, address this, you know, very significant problem that we have in our society. I mentioned in the last one, it's like mental health, you know, like the a fish is in water all the time. And so the water's the last thing they notice. I think that mental health is like that for us. And so, uh, Chris, thanks again for, for joining us once again. And like started out with just like mental health. I think that there's just like, let's at least get a baseline of what we are talking about. Just explain to me in your opinion, whenever you say mental health, what does that mean to you? And then what do you think and, and kind of what are some of the other definitions that are floating around out there that you maybe don't agree with? That's a great question. And thanks for having me today. Yeah, it's not an easy one really to answer. We, we approach it very differently. I think you have a, sort of a wellness approach, you have an insurance approach, you have an administrative approach to that definition. But in general, what we're talking about is just any type of health and wellness that comes from your mental state. I think, which which can be influenced by and can influence your physical state, your emotional state, your spiritual state. So in the broadest sense, we're talking about what's going on between your ears. But in a real life sense, we're talking about everything that's going on in your world. I'll, I'll just leave it open. And why do you think that historically, mental health has just been something that has been hard for us to talk about you know in the business world in the world at large our society in general why do you think that this has been something that's been so challenging for us to normalize yeah as we continue to evolve and grow as a species we learn more and more about ourselves we're getting to this place where we are figuring out that emotions are important and that they matter and if you go back and you look at the Maslow scale and the hierarchy of needs, you know, we're starting to climb up that ladder to a point to where we have security, we have food, we have shelter, you know, we have these base needs pretty down now for most people. So now we're getting to a place where we want to really start to explore those emotional needs and psychological securities. And those things are becoming more and more important and they're becoming more and more on, on the surface. So what does that mean? That means that change is occurring and we are talking about these things more and that's uncomfortable for a lot of people. I think that it's also kind of hard because it's just so big. Like we just talked about is that it's like, look, literally mental health, this relates to everything that is going on in your world. And so when you're 
do you find that it's helpful that to be able to kind of break that down into some more manageable pieces? Like, I guess if you were going to give me a few different components of what mental health even really is, like, what what would how would you kind of categorize those things into more manageable pieces? Yeah, a couple of ways we can look at it is just emotional stability. You know, how stable are your emotions on a daily basis? What does the spectrum look like of like you know someone where emotional stability versus emotional instability? Like, just kind of what does that look like? If someone were assessing where they are on that on that continuum, easy daily example: when somebody cuts you off on the highway, do you pull out a baseball bat? <laughs> okay, you, you are emotionally unstable. <laughs> you do not have the awareness of your anger. Uh, you are not in control of your anger. You're allowing it to control you. But if somebody pays you a compliment, do you like want to follow them for the rest of the day and say, "Oh, give me more love"? Maybe you're a little overattached. Well. You're you're, you're not managing that well, right? So that's what we're talking about. Really, the easiest way to say it, I think, is when whatever that disruption is, anxiety, stress, whatever, stops you from doing what you want to do in a healthy way. Okay. All right. So that's emotional. That is emotional stability. Okay. All right. What, what other, like, I mean, what, what other kind of subcomponents are there if you're talking about mental health besides that? What, el- what else is there? Happiness, obviously. Okay. I'm going to judge your level of happiness. Am I happy? We can get into some of the existential concepts of identity, freedom, you know, those things. Am I living the life that I want to live? And then, you know, we can drift into the world of, of more clinical aspects of it, like, uh, like any type of, of psychotic disorder, like uh, schizophrenia or, or, you know, something a little bit more intrusive. Mm-hmm. So this is affecting all of us every single day, every moment of, of, of our lives. and. Yet, whenever we come to work, it consume like this, the, the discussion about it, the way that we address it. It like I don't know. I was about to say that it consumes it consumes zero percent of our day, but I guess that that's not true because it's like obviously, if me coming in and just like talking to people that work here, hey, how was your day? How was your weekend? How are you doing? You know, I heard that your mom's sick. What's going on with that? That's that's a positive mental health thing. So it's probably not fair to say that we're doing nothing, but it it just it still is not something that I think maybe we recognize that we're doing. I don't know. Like I don't know. What is your assessment of like in the workplace? What are we doing right, and what is still left to be desired? Well, one, I think it's a really confusing way to approach it because the workforce is a very diverse and wild place. You know, you have corporate America, who I think, you know, probably pay, plays, pays lip, lip service to it. Uh, and then we have, you know, smaller businesses that might be more serious about it. I find it generally to be reactive and non-intentional. Uh, that's the way most companies are kind of dealing with it. Like, how does that manifest itself of like being reactive rather than intentional? Yeah, we had a suicide at work. So we're now reaching out to a therapy group to bring somebody in to listen, to offer help, right? We get a fair amount of those phone calls every once in a while. You know, and then and then the way I see it in, in media or news is, is you know, so-and-so starting a new program. Um, and normally they do that in response to something. It's more of a of a sure kind of program not a really intentional like oh yes we want this to happen uh we partner with a company called okay to say which is a nonprofit. we donate a dollar of every session to them they exist for one purpose which is to fight stigma of mental health care so they they started a program called um 
it's okay to say I'm not okay in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Creative title, I know. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, so we have them in all of our offices, but we asked all of our buildings, the buildings that were in, if we could put banners in the lobby. Nine out of 10 of them said no. Do you take any deeper meaning to that? Or do you, is there like, or do you just like, well, I don't know, it's probably just against their policy or whatever? Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's against their policy. I think they look at it as a business owner, and I would probably do the same where, like, one, I don't want liability. Uh, two, I don't want people cry, crying in the, in the atrium, you know. Three, I, I, you know, I, I, now am I going to be a NASCAR driver? Do I have to have like 80 of these banners everywhere? Somebody else is going to be like, well, my kid Timmy has this nonprofit, and I got to put that in. I get it. I get it. But I mean, that's kind of an example of why we're not talking about stuff, why we're not putting these meaningful, intentional things up there. What does your program work like? I mean, you're you're a business owner and you've got employees that work for you and it like what do you do for like what does your I don't know, mental health program look like at Taylor at Taylor Counseling Group? Obviously, you're taking it as seriously as I would expect that anybody would be. So what do you do for your your team? What do you do for your employees? That's a great question. During the pandemic, we did an EAP exchange with another group. What's EA, what is what is EAP? Well, EAP is an employee assistance program. So we did okay. a EAP exchange with another counseling group where they could come see our therapist for free and our therapist could go see their therapist for free. Okay. Uh, we just continued that program, um, uh, uh, I want to say probably the beginning of this year, maybe, uh, just mm -hmm. due to lack of, of need at that point. Okay. Better. We have a wonderful uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield PPO and HMO medical program. We pay half of that and we will verify the benefits for them. Because that's what, kind of what we do. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, but they have agreeable uh, rates. I think it's uh, I think anywhere between forty to eighty dollars uh, is their copay. So I think which is pretty affordable if they go to anybody that takes Blue Cross outside of our group, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then we have the Okay to Say campaign. Uh, we have that throughout our offices, uh, and um, we do have a uh, we we use a program called Office Vibe. I don't know if you're familiar with this. Um, it's pretty affordable, and it's like a, a suggestion box, but it's digital. Uh, and it integrates with Slack, which we use. And so our employees are constantly getting questions and they answer them anonymously. So I get answers without them having to put their name on it. What, what are some of the, like, what are some of the things that show up in that, in that? Uh, like one recently we got is I, I would really like a, an HSA program so I can have the tax benefits to pay for, you know, medical needs like counseling. It's like, oh, that's great. So hearing and finding out that I can do a poll, who would be interested in an HSA program? And if I only get one person that replies, it's anonymous, but then I know it's only one person. So maybe that's not the best way to do it. But then if a lot of people say, yeah, we would love that, then that's an area where we can invest. So I guess, so what about the stuff that's not like so formal, like just little habits that you guys have as a company or whatever that you think is positively contributing to, you know, the, the mental health of your employees. And then also the, uh, then, then also just like the, Kind of culture that you want to create where that's kind of, that, that goes along with that it's okay to say campaign of like you know just making sure that everybody knows hey this is a friendly topic that we we care you know what are, what are you doing that reinforces that in your culture right now that we're out uh, now that we're moving out of covid we're doing more live events again we, we try to do at least one event a month uh so if that's a happy hour or an educational luncheon or something but we try to do at least one of those a month to have some social interaction we do quarterly all staff meetings where we have uh, our, our quarterly culture warrior award. We give out one of those each market. So we really identify 
one of our therapists who's gone above and beyond and it's and it's done through nominations so they're being nominated by their peers so that's kind of an exciting moment they get a full day off you know they call mental health day it's just a full day of pto to use whenever they'd like and they get a nice big award and you know they get recognized in front of their peers so that's pretty exciting we do therapist of the year we send them on a vacation uh send them up to broken bow for two nights uh, that was exciting we got summer picnic coming up going to the rangers game uh and we do really fun like daily activities uh, right now with uh, i think it's uh, the bachelorette season so we're doing uh, bachelor brackets right now uh, okay. <laughs> so that's kind of like a fun thing we have a wellness channel in our slack channel so people can kind of check in for daily encouragement um and tips so like stretching people share recipes with each other in there they share things like uh, meditation places like someone's like oh just had a great weekend retreat at this awesome place you know like they'll they'll share that and that's company-wide if you were a like let's say that you're you know talking to some business owner or whatever that was kind of resource constrained and didn't like, you know, maybe couldn't put as just not in a, you know, position to put as much effort into these kinds of things as you, as they would like. If, If you were advising them of like, Hey, option number one is that I can do something to improve like the actual access to mental health services you know, via, you know, a better insurance plan or something like that. And then the other things like, or I could do things that are like kind of the other stuff that you're talking about, just like kind of more traditional, like healthy team, you know, employee engagement kind of stuff or whatever. Which of those two things do you think is going to have the bigger impact on the mental health of, of their team and the effects that they would enjoy from that? It's a great question. Unfortunately, there's not one single thing, you know, that we can do that's going to have a huge impact. I think it is a really a village approach. Like we need a lot of different things kind of all at the same time. But those two routes are very important. And it doesn't matter if you're a big company or a small company. We're not, we're not talking about being like Google and having nap pods, you know, like that's not how we operate. We, we, we don't really need that stuff. It's great to have a ping pong table if, if that's kind of part of your company culture that you want, but it's not a requirement, right? What we're really talking about is not being reactive, meaning take some time, put it on your schedule today to think through what happens if me or one of my people find themselves in some kind of mental health emergency, start having suicidal thoughts, need some medication, going through a rough divorce, uh, find them just wake up depressed one day, discover that, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm an alcoholic or a drug addict uh, or a addict, you know, and I need help. Giving them a roadmap to follow in the event that those things occur. That is extremely valuable. Because I think you, you've had some experience, Travis, where, where you know, you're in a rough patch and you're like, hey, who do I talk to? The process is so confusing and difficult. It makes it worse. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, and that was just, you know, I remember I was, I was talking to Chris. He was, you know, he's, Chris also is, they have a, what's the name of the app again that you guys are developing? Uh, empathy. Empathy, very, very cool app that is like, you know, addresses a lot of this mental health stuff. I mean, and it's, we'll definitely include some, some links to get people more information on that. But I was, t- I was, he was talking about this and the whole idea is just kind of this problem that we were talking about where it's like, Hey, if you are in crisis, the first thing that you try to think about is like, maybe you're like, Oh, Hey, I need to call a counselor. And then you talk, start, you can't find somebody. No one can get to you for another six months. And it's like, yeah, if you were in crisis already, and you keep running up against like, hey, I can't help you. I won't be able to help you for another three months. 
your insurance won't take, I don't take your insurance, whatever. I mean, it's just like now you're just throwing gas on the fire. You're making a, a difficult situation even worse. Yeah. So the easiest thing you can do as a chief officer right now is sit down, one, look at your insurance plan if you have one, uh, and find out exactly what are your mental health benefits for outpatient counseling. And if you want to know the specific language, it's individual psychotherapy 90837. Call your insurance company and use that magic phrase and say, what do I have to pay a therapist for this? Then go find a larger group or a few smaller groups in your area that's within driving distance because we're not going to go regularly if we can't get there within 15 to 30 minutes, right? That's within your area and call them and say, hey, I own a company or you know, I'm a CEO of a company and we have 100 employees or we have 20 employees. And I just want to know if one of them needs help in the next year, how do we, how do, we do that? And tell them in advance, this is the insurance that we have. Can you confirm that you take it? And now we have a relationship. I guess so. Okay, here's this is a question, kind of a little bit more of a practical thing, whatever. So, like, if I were to do that, like, like you know, you you're local to me, and I'm to work with you, just like, hey, I've got a company. There's 20 of us here. I want to be able to provide access, you know, in the event of an emergency, and tell my people, hey, if you get if you run into something, we have already talked to these people, and you can call them, and they will find a way to get you help right away. Now, I guess my first question is that is like, is I mean, I know you can't speak for therapy groups around the world, but like Taylor Counseling Group, is that something that you would offer me and say like, yeah, dude, we'll figure something out? Absolutely. We do this with several people. Yeah. Okay. Question number two, though, is like, if I'm on the receiving end of this, like, I mean, let's just say that I was to roll out some kind of a deal where I go tell my employees right now, all right, if you have some kind of mental health crisis, call Taylor Counseling Group. We have a situation worked out where in the event that you raise the red flag and say, I've got an emergency, you will pay nothing. And I will cover 100% of these costs or whatever, because I want you to get better. My thinking is going to be like, dude, people, people value their privacy with good reason. And I'm just like, hey, I, I don't want the owner of the company or my boss or my manager to know if it's like, if, if I'm struggling with some kind of you know, affliction that I'm dealing with a lot of shame about or whatever, where it's like, I've got these personal issues. I don't want them to know about that. So how is that something that is reasonable to be navigated? Am I going to get, it's like, are you going to, is there a report that's going to go? It's like, Hey, you know, Joe Smith called us at, you know, seven thirty one this morning about <laughs> his, you know, a, you know, addiction to pornography or something like that. I mean, is it, I, I guess, what assurances would you be able to give people about Yep. Your privacy is going to be respected. You and everybody else have the same exact concern. It's okay. Then this is where we shine. We, we will send you scrubbed invoices. They will not have names on them. They will just have invoice numbers, you know, once a week or once a month, whatever we, whatever we determine is appropriate. And then you will pay by check or EFT. And that's it. Done and done. Done and done. Now, of course, there, that does bring up the question of trust. You know, are we just manipulating you and taking all your money? Of course not. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I mean, I've had business owners ask me, like, how do I know that they came? How do I know that I'm paying for what I'm supposed to be paying? And that's what we say. If you identify that concern, it's like, well, hey, that's something that you can work through. And then it's just, but, but I guess also from, I would expect from your perspective of like, hey, dude, like. I got a reputation to maintain. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, oh, like, I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like if you're, if your expectation is that I'm going to tell you who is coming to therapy, it's like, sorry, man, that's just kind of not what we're doing. So I mean, you, I, I know that you're really active in in the in the counseling community, and 
Where do you think that the like? I mean, obviously, you're only speaking for yourself that this is something that you do. But where do you think the rest of the industry is? Like, so somebody that's not in DFW or in San, you're in, you guys are what DFW, San Antonio, Houston, like kind of regionally in Texas, right? That's kind of y'all's focus. Yeah, we're in the Triangle, Waco, or we're coming to Cedar Park later this year. Yeah. So, but anyway, so somebody that's not nearby to you guys, mm-hmm. like, how confident are you that somebody that's in, you know? You know, like you know, Nebraska is going to be able to find somebody in Lincoln that they can call and have the same same conversation with. What do you think the chances are that they're going to be like, oh, absolutely? Or do you think that the industry is not as evolved as you are? Well, I don't know much about Nebraska, okay. uh, other than I think that's where Walmart came from. Uh, Arkansas. They came from Arkansas. Arkansas. Excuse me. Geography was not my topic. They didn't teach. They didn't, they didn't teach you geography when you're studying philosophy. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they did not. Uh, so I don't know much about other states. I can tell you in Texas that I, I think that's a reasonable uh, assumption. And, and I, would, I would assume that that's a reasonable assumption elsewhere. Most therapy groups want to help people and want relationships and want to be a part of these things. I mean, I've gone to businesses before and, just, and have just talked about what to expect if you come to see us or anybody and what that process is like and when to know if if now I need to talk to a professional and, I, and I, I do that for free. You know, most of us, most professionals want to help uh, other people. We just have rules and ethical, you know, uh, laws that we have to follow uh, to make sure we're doing things properly. And then when we mix in insurance, there's some logistical confusion, but, but uh, most therapists I think are, are going to say, Oh my God, yes. Thank you. Thank you for calling me. I would love to help. Please tell me how I can help. Well, that's, that is encouraging and very cool. And, but I, I think that if to kind of bring it all home, if you are somebody that is, you know, leading a team, you know, owner of a company management, you know, whatever, and you want to have this, you want to like breach this subject with, with your people about mental health and this whole, like, it's okay to not be okay. I care. It, like what 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 tips would you give people for having that conversation? Because I think that something that I, I think that it would be easy to screw it up. I think that you could make it because you don't want to make it into like this really big deal, but it is a big deal. So like I don't know, how would you recommend people navigate that? That's a great question. Okay to say dot org is where you okay. want to go. Okay to say dot org. They have tons of resources about how to talk to friends and family about your mental struggles about how to ask other people if they're okay and what their struggles might be. The, uh, the In the Workplace program is amazing. They have wonderful posters that you can put in your break room or wherever you'd like. And, and they will even, if you give them the information, they will put the insurance information on that poster for you. They'll be custom to your business with your logo. Uh, and that's free. They do that for free. So you can you can put that stuff in there. You can have a town hall and say, we would like to talk about whatever. You can have an open door policy and say, you know, I'm happy to chat about it. Most people don't want to bring it up, though. So it might be, you know, if you feel like there's something going on in your business and you're able to do one-on-ones with your people, you know, maybe a, a one-on-one coffee, one-on-one lunch. How are you doing? Not the elevator response. And when they say, oh, I'm fine, you go, yeah, but how are you really doing i'm not going anywhere for the next 59 minutes until you answer that question honestly because you care about because i care about you because i want to know what's going on in your what's going on in your life 
So on the flip side of that, if you're somebody that's leading a team, what is the what is the worst thing that you can do as it relates to this? As it relates to mental health, what's the worst thing that you can do for your people? Uh, the worst thing you can really do is say, you know, oh, I'm so sorry, and give them, you know, like a like a pat on the back or something, and they walk off, right? Like, like making them feel worse about talking about it, or saying, oh my god, like you need to go to the hospital now, you know, um, or firing them if they. Like, because that's what they're afraid about, right? I'm going to tell you I'm, I'm depressed and you're going to say I'm not a hard enough worker, you know? So the worst thing, those are kind of the worst things we can do. Um, and, and doing nothing also is, is up there. So, yeah. Well, I, I think that that's, it's kind of a team effort, you know, that of like all of us, you know, society as a whole. I think that it's like, I, I guess, I don't know, are you encouraged just by like kind of looking out about the direction of the way that we're treating mental health. So encouraged me. And I heard uh, something the other day that said uh, more, more conversations start around the, the water cooler, you know, the proverbial water, we don't have water coolers. Sure. Really, but today with my therapist said than anything else. Really? I thought that was interesting. I think today more people are in therapy than I've ever been in therapy before. That was verified last year by mm-hmm. the pandemic. Uh, there was a, a research study that came out, and uh, I'm very happy to see that. We also have more. Uh, we are in a bit of a of a workforce shortage, but there are more people in school today studying to become counselors than have ever been in history. That is also exciting. That is encouraging. So, do you do you seek counseling yourself? Do I? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Me too. It's just, and I, I think that it's. It doesn't, you don't have to wait, you know, kind of like, I mean, just like the advice for the workforce, you know, for, you know, be intentional and be proactive, you know, I think that that's good advice for everybody. You know, it's like, you don't have to wait until things are bad to sort that stuff out. Suicides and divorces happen most often because we were not paying attention to the problems that we could have fixed along the way. So we, we, we end up getting divorces because we're at the end of our rope. And then we try therapy, which is the wrong place to be. If you're throwing around the divorce word and you say, well, let's go see a therapist, you're at an 80% failure rate right there walking in the door because you're, you, you've waited too long. You have put so much resentment between you and your partner. When had we started five years ago, two years ago, or whatever, there would have been a much higher uh, uh, completion rate. There would have been a much higher success rate for you to complete therapy successfully and, and you know, re- reignite that relationship. Uh, and same thing with premarital therapy. You know, I, I was big, I did uh, the premarital therapy before we got married. We still do on our anniversary. We always go and show somebody, even if we don't need to. It's just kind of like, hey, we're doing great. And the therapist's like, cool, what do you think about You know, Crystal and I, whenever we did our premarital counseling, that was one of the things that we really enjoyed was that, you know, just kind of getting to celebrate. It's like, you know, we, we weren't there because things were wrong. You know, we were there because we wanted to get married and we were in love with each other. And it's, we found it very helpful to have someone there to kind of guide us through those positive emotions as well. And being able to really effectively communicate with one another about the things that we admired in one another and all that. So it's, I don't, we don't have to sell one another on, on going to therapy. I know that it's like, uh, something that we both, that we both are think is very important, but I uh, can't tell you how much I appreciate you you having this conversation. And hopefully this is helpful to everybody that's out there listening. And 
I, I just think that you're doing really impactful work. Thanks, and man. I think that your I think that your business is making a big difference. I can't wait for the app to come out. I think that's another thing that's going to make a big difference for people. And so we will provide everyone with information about where they can find and connect with Dr. Taylor. Uh, and some of this information that we talked about, we'll make sure that we get the okay to say stuff uh, in the show notes as well. And Chris, just thank you so much for sharing your your wisdom. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, and uh, those of you listening, we thank you as well. Thank you so much for investing this last half hour with us. And uh, we really would appreciate any feedback that you have. If you have ideas about that are tangential to this topic that you want to go deeper on or other topics that you would like to hear us discuss that will help you improve your organization, uh, please let us know. And we would also appreciate ratings, uh, likes, and subscriptions on whatever, wherever you consume your podcasts. So Chris, thanks again, man. Thanks, buddy. Hey there, Travis Richards, one last time. Thank you so much for investing your time and tuning into the show. I really hope that this was helpful to you and I would appreciate your feedback very much. If you have some notes on what specifically from this episode was useful, or if you have ideas on what we can do better in the future. If you would like to support the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other people find us. And also just recommend this to a friend. To get in touch, visit us at www.getbetteratbusiness.com. That's all for this episode, and I hope that you'll join us again next time. Thanks.